Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. And um, we're on an open show tonight with my co-host, Leo Leveza. Leo, how are you tonight? Drew, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you back. You and Jackson do a great job, and I'm looking forward to tonight. We're on an open show. That means you get to be the guest, the listener, 410-922-6680. Direct the conversation. You say, this is the question that's most important to me. Help me understand this, and I'll be really satisfied. So if you want to call in and ask that special question, 410-922-6680. And just today, uh, Leo, you and I spent a good while educating a couple on Medicare, and it is confusing. They, by the time they were, their head was spinning by the time we were finished, but I think we educated them and they understood what, by the time they left. They did, yeah. There's a lot of different moving pieces that, you know, it takes a lot to figure out what the right path is there. Right. Medicare A, Medicare B, Medicare D. Medicare Advantage, Medigap, uh, original Medicare, Medicare Advantage, all those kind of things. It really makes it confusing for the senior trying to figure that all out. And then you get a lot of bad information out there, Leo. You know, people keep saying, I, I can't tell you how many times a month I have to answer the question that, oh, somebody told me that I'm 65 and I have to sign up for Medicare uh, part B, because I'm 65, but I'm still working and I have medical insurance. And the answer is no, you don't have to sign up. If you have a good medical plan with a company with 20 or more employees, then you probably don't have to sign up for Medicare Part B. Um, you know, so there's a lot of bad information that flows around. Usually when it's free, Leo, it's usually got a good chance of being bad information. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, so anyway, Leo, we're on an open show, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. You're our guest tonight. You get to direct the conversation. So give us a call and ask that special question of yours. Also, Leo, this morning I was talking to Sean Casey, ranting again over and over. I keep sound like a broken record that you know people are leaving money in savings accounts with brick and mortar banks like PNC and M&T and Bank of America and Wells Fargo and you know all these local banks or the credit unions Point Breeze Credit Union or or CQ or whatever the case may be and these savings accounts are yielding 0.01% or or the credit unions might be yielding 0.1 or 0.2 but tell everyone what the online savings accounts are offering now as anywhere between you know three, maybe up to four percent, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, there's a there's a Basque Bank out there is offering four point zero eight percent right now. Capital One three hundred and sixty is at three point three percent. Now put that in perspective, Leo. If you had fifty thousand dollars in a savings account at Wells Fargo or PNC or M and T or Bank of America, or whoever, one of these local brick and mortar banks. On that $50,000, you're getting $5 of interest a year. Five. Five, Leo. 
One, two, three, four, five. You could count it on one hand what they're giving you in interest. On the other side, uh, Capital One 360, just let's take that. Uh, it would be $1,650 of interest at 3.3%. $1,650 at 3.3%. I don't have enough hands, feet, toes. I don't have <laughs> enough people in our office to do all of those $1,650 of interest for what Capital One is offering on their performance savings account. And, you know, most people are saying that, well, you know, it's it's online and, and I don't like online stuff. And it's, a, you know, I'm not sure how it works. And, you know, it's FDIC insured. It's a bank. You're probably doing everything online with your local brick and mortar bank nowadays. Most people do that right they're they're electron they're not going into the teller anymore you know right they're they're depositing things with pictures on their their cell phones and they're and they're doing bill pay and they're moving money between their accounts the same thing's going to happen with an online savings account you're going to do it the exact same way it's just with a different bank and they have to let you have an electronic transfer back to your checking account so you keep your checking account with your local bank that you've had, you got direct deposit going into, maybe it's your paycheck, your social security check, or whatever, you've got direct deposit on that. So you keep that checking account, and you just do your savings account with one of these online accounts that are paying you real interest on your money. That's a significant amount of money that people are missing not doing the online account, Leo. Yeah, it's basically free money that they're leaving on the table. Absolutely, and uh, there's no reason to do it. We're on an open show tonight. Nobody's on the line yet. First quarter hour of the show is already gone, and nobody's on the line. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. If you want to call in while we're on this first pause of the show, um, and call in now, and you'll be first up when we get back with Money, Riches, and Wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe home where you can see every couple tries to stop. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Well, it is a Christmas song. I don't necessarily know it's one of my favorites, but I'll give a knee to that. It's a Christmas song. Anyway, <laughs> we're, 
We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. We only have one person online. What are you doing, Leo? Are you discouraging people from calling in right now? I must something? have bad luck tonight. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think they're just, uh, they're all gone home, bunkering down for the big ice storm to come tomorrow, right? That's right, yep. Let's hope it doesn't come. I can't stand ice, you know? <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm with you there. Anyway, let's go to John in Mount Washington. John, how can we help you tonight? Uh, yeah, that King Cole Chestnuts, greatest rendition <laughs> ever done. There you go. Looking <laughs> forward to hearing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, let's see. Structured notes. Uh, okay. Had a bunch of them uh, offered to me by uh, my financial advisor. Question is, do financial advisors make a big commission off of selling those? I wouldn't say they make a big commission off of selling them. They make a they make a good bit of money, but normally probably somewhere in the two to four percent range selling them. But the, I think the reason that a lot of them are pushing the structured notes is that when markets go down like that, this uh, it's an it's a you know it's an easy sell. I guess is what they're looking for. It's going in and saying psychologically to people, oh look, you know. I give you this structured note. If the markets go down, you don't go down with it. And markets go up, you're going to go up with it. And, you know, you know, financial people that sell these types of products typically do it um, not based on some great investment strategy. They do it based on it's a good, easy story to tell and hopefully get a sale on the product. I mean, the ones, several of the ones I was offered didn't give you like uh, um, 20, 30, 40% downside depend protection, depends on the note. And then yeah. Yeah. Your, your links to one of the indexes or the least perf- best, the least performing of two or three of the indexes, you know? Yeah, but you see, the problem is, is that they're so complicated, you really have a hard time now i have read of there's one advisor out in california who does structured notes but they do an intense amount of research on all their structured notes and they're looking for very specific things um and so forth i've rarely ever seen that and i'm not necessarily sure i bought into their whole philosophy as to what they're looking for in their structured notes but one of the things you always have to keep in mind when you're talking about indexes and and your rate of return is tied to an index is that do you realize that the that almost one third or more of the market rate of return over the last 75 years or so was dividends okay so if you go back and look at the historical rate of return of the stock market one-third of the return came from the dividends were paid out on those stocks, all right? Whenever somebody's offering you an index, they are only talking about the movement of the price of the index. The dividends are stripped out, and that's part of the reason that these structured notes make money for the providers, is or the ones that build them, because when they build them, they strip the the uh, dividends out for themselves, and they just give you the movement in the in the uh, the index or the price of the securities in the index, and then they limit the upside or the downside, and that's how they make the rest of their money. So it's a fascinating concept what they do. Um, but anytime you hear somebody say, "I'm going to give you an index." Always keep in mind 
that you're losing the dividends, which is one third of the rate of return of the market over historical time. All right. I got to well, run, John. Any point. Nope. All right, buddy. Take care. Who's up next there, Leo? Next, we've got Claude in Owings Mills. Claude, you've got Drew and Leo. What can we do for you tonight? Um, I'm interested in um, finding out more about the online um, savings account. Yeah. What would you like to know, my friend? Um, hey, Drew, it's Claude from the Foxy Building. Really? Yes, sir. Oh, it's good to hear your voice, my friend. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. It's, I, I, it's, I was uh, thinking about that, and I just didn't know how, how to know about it. Oh, okay. So all you got to do is um, go online and look up Capital One 360 is who I use. They're not the highest right now, but I've been using them for years. Capital One 360 Performance Savings. You go online. It says open an account. You fill in the information and you say you want to set it up joint with your spouse. And next thing, it'll ask you to set up a username and password and link it to your checking account. You put in your routing number and your account number, and then it'll say, what do you want your first deposit to be from your checking account? You say, let's say a hundred bucks, and then it'll deposit two little deposits, like five cents and two cents into your checking account. And then you go back in and you, a day or two later and you say, you put in five cents and two cents, that links it up to your checking account. And then whatever amount you want to move, you take your savings account, move it all into your checking account, and then boom, roll it all into the online savings account, and you're done. Just move it from my bank to to that account? You move it from your bank to the Capital One 360 Performance Savings, and that's all there is to it. Look, Claude, if you want, you just call Mike at my office. You know Mike, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, call Mike or Chris O'Shea from my office and, and come on in. They'll sit down with you. They'll set it up for you. No problem whatsoever and teach you all about it if you really Sounds want to. Sounds good. You still up where you, where you moved to? I'm in Amelia Park, uh, Florida myself, but Mike and them are in 11019 McCormick Road across the street from Point Breeze Credit Union. Gotcha. Okay. So you okay, know the I'll number, 410-823-7283, right? No, I don't. 410-823-SAVE, S-A-V-E. It's the easiest way to remember one, that. One more time. 410-823-SAVE, S-A-V-E. Okay, thank you. Is Drew. Donald still there? Donald is in, uh, in a retirement home. He um, lost his leg to diabetes. Oh. And, uh, so he's... He, He's, uh, he's retired. I'm retired, but they called me back as a consultant. Okay. Okay. Well, Donald was a good guy, and so were you. I really appreciated all you did for us, you know? Yeah. So we'd be more than happy to help you out with that if you want. Uh, okay, Drew. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. We have time for Stephen, don't we? We do. Let's Actually, see. Mike is next. Oh, Mike. Yep. Let's go to Mike. So, Mike, how can we help you tonight? portion of the show i had it marked in my calendar didn't get out of work in time um but i heard your you talking earlier today about these banks and i'm wondering if you guys have like is there a list i just heard you say capital one 360 performance advantage or performance the the easiest way mike to get a good list and easy way to connect with these banks is go to bankrate.com bankrate.com and then you'll look, and they'll have a bunch of icons. And in the middle right, lower right, it says high-yield savings. 
click on that and it'll give you a whole list of all the high yield savings accounts you can do. It'll tell you all your features, what's your minimum balance, do they have any fees? You don't want any fees, of course, um, and and so forth. And it lists Capital One three sixty, Basque Bank, which is paying four point oh eight percent right now. Wow. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And Capital One's doing three point three. Yeah, that's an easy place to get a good list and sign up for it quickly and easily. All right, my next question related is, uh, currently I bank with M&T. I've got savings and checking with them. Do I only do savings through one of these banks and keep my checking at M&T? Or? Well, if you want to know, uh, since 2006, Drew Tignanelli has had no brick-and-mortar banking experience. I went completely virtual online. And I get 0.4% on my average daily balance on my checking account. I can use any ATM machine in the world with no fees. If they charge me a fee, they'll rebate the fee to me every single month. And I use Capital One 360 for my uh, high-yield savings account. So I do both virtual I do not walk into banks anymore, haven't in 16 years. And I'm 65 years old, so don't tell me this is a young man's game. This now, is something that you can be doing at any age. Is if your account through Capital One also, or is that at a different bank? I use uh, Schwab Investor Checking. You could do Capital One. You could do both the online savings and checking with Capital One, and that works perfectly fine, too. Uh, but if you want to keep it simple, you can just do the M&T checking account and the high-yield savings. But if you want to do it maximum efficiency, you should have a virtual checking and a virtual savings. I just don't try to push people that far. Okay. And you think the bankrate.com will tell about transaction fees for ATMs? Because that's definitely a feature that I like about what you're saying. Yeah. Schwab high-yield checking definitely will reimburse all ATM fees. All right? Thanks and Bankrate will tell you that, too. I've got to run because I'm out of time. We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back with Money, Riches, and Wealth, and uh, we're on an open show tonight, and nobody called in during the break, so we're back to empty lines, 410-922-6680. If you want to call and ask a question, 410-922-6680, and lead the conversation, whatever you want, Social Security, Medicare, Retirement planning, we were talking about online savings accounts, IRAs, Roth conversions, qualified charitable distributions, anything. It deals with your money. We're here to help you with it. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. There's really nobody on the line, is there, Leo? There's not. Nope. We're going to have to entertain for a little bit. Well, either that or we'll just go home. I am home. (laughs) That's right. So I don't have anywhere to go, Leo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, um, uh, what do you want to talk about, Leo? You tell me the topic. Go ahead. Well, I guess the big news of the day is the news from the Federal Reserve about uh, the interest rate hike. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, they were they were late to the punch with inflation, and in my opinion, they're going to be late to the punch in stopping to raise the interest rates. Uh, you can already see the economy decelerating. You know, here's the funny thing: if if I were the the, the head of the Federal Reserve, and and we had inflation, I could stop inflation overnight. I just you know just raise interest rates high enough, and you crash the economy. You, you would destroy inflation. Inflation will be coming down like there's no tomorrow. But really, inflation is a two-fold equation, Leo. You've got the supply side of the equation, and you've got the demand side of the equation. The only thing that the Fed can influence is the demand side of the equation. So when they start raising interest rates, they're clobbering the demand side of the equation and trying to get demand down so that supply can can catch up with demand. What you really need is you need to get the supply side moving fast while you slow the demand side down. There's where the problem with the Federal Reserve comes in. They do nothing to accelerate the supply side. They actually decelerate supply because they force companies to say, well, business is slowing down, so I'm going to slow down productivity. And because they slow down productivity, they slow down supply. So you have to keep demolishing demand, continue to, to you know, to um, catch up with the, the slowdown in supply. Uh, it's it's illogical what they do, um, and they think they know what they're doing. They don't, and the market itself is a far better determiner of what interest rates should be than the Federal Reserve is. But the Federal Reserve never lets the market just determine the interest rates. They always say what it's going to be. What they should do is just let interest rates run freely, whether it's the very short end of the federal funds rate or the very long run with the, the long-term rate. And what they should do is monitor those problems that happen in the economy and be the lender of last resort. And they also should be the, uh, the economic educator of the illiterate economic people that sit in Washington that know nothing about economics. There's, um, you know, uh, most politicians are economic illiterate, in my opinion, at least, at least when you listen to them talk and, and say and do the things they do, you, you, either, you either believe they have no clue whatsoever about economics or they're just very good at uh, making up things to make their base, their political voting base, sound like they care about them and uh, make up uh, their own economic theory to uh, to support their base's opinion. You know, anyway, uh, the Federal Reserve should lecture them as to what they can do because right now. One of the big problems with uh, with uh, the economy and the inflation rate right now, Leo, is is labor, and you've got all these people that want to come to America. They should never be allowed to come to America illegally. Period. But what they should be able to do is come to America legally, and we should accept lots and lots of them. But pick and choose the cream of the crop as they as they want to come. And I'm not saying they have to be rich and, and extremely well-educated and so forth. I'm just saying that there should be some kind of criteria to say, is this a family or is this a person that's going to want to be an American and, and live the dream like my grandparents when they came, or your grandparents probably came to the country under the same concept. They, they came from Italy and they literally came to this country and they said, you will not speak 
Italian, my child. You're American now, and they speak English. And, and that was the kind of people that you want in this country that built the first last hundred years of our country. You want lots of those types of people coming to this country, and you will able to slow down the uh, demand that's out there for good laborers in all kinds of different businesses. And it's just so logical. And there's so many other things they could do there. Everybody knows the stupidity that they're running with the oil and gas industry. That's totally absurd what they're doing. They think they're saving the planet from climate change. And I'm not arguing one way or the other whether climate change is right or wrong. All I'm saying is, is that you either accept your economy to go into an inflationary bubble or you figure out how to uh, work with fossil fuels as best you can to keep the uh, you know carbon count down, if that's the thing. But you need the oil and gas for right now until we can get the renewable energy into the position. And it might take another 5 or 10 or 15 years. I don't know, but it's catching up pretty darn quickly. Anyway, these are the kind of things the Federal Reserve should be lecturing the imbeciles uh, economic imbeciles in Washington about and not just sit there and raise interest rates and, and smash demand at the at the same time. Anyway, that's just my opinion. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I am with you there, Drew. How's there you that? go. <laughs> You're with me there. There's uh -huh. lots of other things they could do to, uh, you know, here's another thing they could do is they could make it such that people who retire, okay, um, and want to work part time, work you know twenty, thirty hours a week or whatever, make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they're sixty five years of age or something of that sort, that they don't have to pay Social Security and Medicare tax on their on their little bit of wages. I mean that's it. That's absolutely an incredible waste of money, and it discourages people sixty some years of age to want to go into the workforce. And, and stay in even just as a little part-time job. Why would you? Why would you want a paycheck? You make a thousand dollars, and they take they take eighty dollars right off the top for Medicare and Social Security. It doesn't do anything for you. Nothing. You get nothing for that extra Medicare and Social Security you paid for. You they took out of your paycheck um, when you're already on Medicare and Social Security. I mean, it's just, it's just absurd, the things that they do. They have no understanding of economics whatsoever and the things that they could be doing to lower the rate of inflation in this country. And, and then you, you take the Biden administration and they're piling on more and more and more legislation. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to, you know, protect this. You got to, you know, and I mean, it's just you're constantly dealing with all the regulation that you have to deal with to run a business. And it costs money to uphold all that regulation that they throw at you and they have no concept or they really just don't care as to what that does to a business. So anyway, there's lots of things that could be done if we only had people that cared. And I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. They're both a waste of time, in my opinion. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going to go you. I'm going to go with you on that one, too, there, Drew. Yeah. Yep. I think the number one thing that's destroying America is the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. They're two political monopolies that are trying to, or they're two political monsters that are trying to take a monopoly of the, econo of the political system of our country. 
And that monopoly they're trying to create is creating a disaster for our country. Anyway, we're on an open show, 410-922-6680. If you want to call in last quarter hour of the show, lots of time to call in and ask those questions, 410-922-6680. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. Um, Leo, what are you doing, man? I think people are so entrenched in hearing us talk, they don't want to call in. There you go. It must be it. It's so uh, deep, you mm-hmm. know, and, and riveting conversation that they decide that I'm not going to call in, but... Uh, we probably have about six, seven minutes left that we can take a couple callers if you wanted to call in, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask that question. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about something that can help people save some money as we, we already talked about online savings accounts, right? And that's the way you can make more money instead of sitting around in a brick-and-mortar bank with your savings accounts. There was a great article in the Wall Street Journal just the other day said brick-and-mortar banks aren't losing any deposits, hardly at all, um, despite the fact that online savings accounts were offering 3 4%. And they said it's a phenomena that they, they, couldn't, they couldn't explain economically in the, uh, in the journal article. Um, I think it's most of it's because most people don't even know it's out there, you know, number one. Number two, a lot of people think it's foreign, and it's like, you know, I don't want to take a chance on something like that, you know. And, and this is one of those, you know, I always talk, Leo, about the, the universe of investing and how investments always compete against each other. So the concept is, is that if, if you have two different banks and one bank starts offering a higher interest rate than the other bank, you're your antenna's got to go up and you got to say, whoa, wait a minute, why is he offering that much interest rate when this guy over here is only offering this? And there's got to be risk over here. And 99% of the time, that is true. The difference is with virtual banks, there is no differential and it is not an economic phenomena, it is a business decision. You see, the brick and mortar banks aren't losing deposits, so they could care less that the virtual banks are, intract- are attracting money 
into their accounts because, you know, B of A looks at their accounts and they say, well, we're not losing deposits, Leo, so I'm not raising my interest rate to 3%. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, so it's, it's, an, it's, it's a business decision. It's not an economic thing. There is no risk differential between virtual banks, FDIC insured, and uh, brick and mortar. Matter of fact, here's an interesting thing, Leo. Uh, Capital One 360, who I use, which is the virtual platform of Capital One, if you go into a Capital One brick and mortar bank and you deposit your money, you get 0.01%. If you go to Capital One virtually and you put it into Capital One 360 performance savings, you get 3.3%. It's the same bank, Leo. <laughs> it's the exact same bank it's a business decision they've got a lot of money invested in these brick and mortar banks with these tellers and so forth sitting there they can't afford to pay you three percent on your savings account and they're not going to unless you force them to and start taking your money out of your savings accounts once you start doing that then they will get your attention they'll you'll get their attention and they'll start trying to figure out okay how do we start offering this kind of interest or at least something competitive to the virtual savings accounts? Right? I'm right there with you. I, I, uh, you know, I can't believe people don't haven't hopped on this trend yet. I think it's... Well, you said you, you have some family members that just don't seem to care that it's a higher rate. That's right. The rate just for them just doesn't do anything for them. They, they like their brick and mortar and they're going to stick to it. And yep. But once people start hearing the dollars they start changing their tune. You know, if, if when somebody tells me um, how much money they have in savings and I calculate it out for them and they think $5 and $1,650, all of a sudden they start changing their tune. They may not say it to me right away, but behind the scenes, their their wheels are spinning. You know, it's like sixteen hundred fifty dollars. That's a lot of interest. You know, it's a lot of coffees in a year. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could do with that. You know, and so forth. So, mm -hmm. anyway, we're here on an open show four one zero, and we have a caller. So let's go right to him because we're running out of time. That's right, Hank. How can we help you tonight? Uh, yes, uh, Drew brought up uh, Medicare Part B. I've been. Uh, I'm a retired. Uh, federal employee in my 70s, and I've been uh, paying the Medicare Part B. I also have, besides Medicare, another insurer through the federal government. So sure. he, made it, he made it sound that it's not necessarily a good idea to go with the Medicare Part B. Is that correct? Well, you're talking about a different thing. So 99% um, of the people have to go with Medicare Part B if they're not still working and over 65 years of age and have a medical insurance plan through a current employer. Okay, so that's one thing. Now, federal employees who retire, the federal government retiree medical plan is the exact same medical plan as when they were working. So federal employees, do, uh, retirees I should say, federal retirees, and only U.S. federal government re, uh, retirees are the only ones that I know of who have a medical plan that they don't need Medicare Part B if they choose not to. Now, there's a big debate out there, Hank, as to whether Medicare Part B is really beneficial for 
uh, federal government retirees. Now, you don't have to have it, but there are people that argue that by having it, you eliminate any of those extra bills that come in if you don't have it. The question you have to ask yourself is, well, how much am I paying for Medicare Part B, and am I married? So if I'm married and I'm, I'm paying the minimum, that's uh, uh, $4,000 a year you're paying in Medicare Part B premiums. And the question you have to ask yourself is, will the medical retiree plan of the U.S. government uh, still cover it that I'm not going to put out nearly $4,000 a year? And so those types of employees choose not to, uh, who, who want to do that. Now, there is another risk, too, that gets a little more interesting, and that is what happens in the future if the federal government says, ah, we're going to change our, our, our medical plan, that it is in sync with Medicare, and you have to have Medicare B, and then our plan merely is a supplemental plan, and now you're forced to go to Medicare B, and Medicare B says, oh, hey, Hank, you didn't sign up for us 20 years ago when you needed to, um, so we're going to penalize you. Or you dropped it when you were 70-some years old. Here it's five years later, and you dropped it, so we're going to penalize you. Now the question you have to ask yourself is, would the federal government make an exception and say federal government retirees have three months, five months to get on Medicare Part B? without being penalized. Who knows? I don't know the answer to that, um, but it's a fascinating question you're asking, and there is no perfect answer to the question for U.S. federal retired health insurance. So uh, what would you do if you could afford what you're paying in Medicare Part B as a federal employee, a retiree? Uh, would you hold if, if I was If I was relatively healthy and my spouse was relatively healthy, and I expected that to, you know, and I wanted to take the chance, I would clearly not have Medicare Part B. That's me. I'm not telling you what you should do. Uh, I, you should research that a little more and make sure that you're comfortable if you decided to do something. Very good. Thank you, sir. Now, is your, is your income happen to be over 170000 a year? Uh, no, no, it isn't. Okay. Well, when you go over 170000 then your Medicare Part B premium starts to skyrocket. It's not 4000 a year. It's more like 6000 a year for the two of you. And when you get even higher income, it gets even more expensive. And it becomes perfectly logical to get rid of Medicare Part B. But it is a, it is a thought process that you should think about if you're relatively healthy. All right? Thank you very much. Good question. Very good question. Uh, you know, that's one, uh, Leo, that I've been pontificating on for 20-some years and still to this day have no perfect answer on the federal U.S. federal government retiree health insurance, whether you go with Medicare Part B or you don't go. Typically, I favor not going with Medicare Part B, um, you know, but there are people that swear by it. So anyway, Leo, you get the last word, 30 seconds. What are you going to say? I'm just going to say, if you're just tuning in, the theme of the night is online savings accounts. <laughs> that was the theme of the that night, the but it's over. Night. It's over now. That's so, right. Yep. You know, and what's so, an easy way to go and find a whole bunch of online savings accounts? You just go right to bankrate.com, and it'll give you the highest paying accounts kind of in a list there for you, and you just pick the one that suits you the best. Remember, though, when you go to bankrate.com, there's going to be a, a group of icons talking about credit cards and this and that. 
and one of them in the lower right is called high yield savings in the middle of the screen and that's you got to click on that and then they give you the list of that so yeah and then and they run anywhere from three to four point oh eight percent right now so leo great having you tonight thanks for having uh, me drew and we'll uh, hopefully next time we have our show, uh, more people will call in. But anyway, this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless.